Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. Your host, as always, is Fred. Our desire is to encourage, exhort, and educate on biblical prayer through this podcast. The mission of the podcast is to help everyone God allows us to help achieve a growing, biblical, dynamic, and satisfying prayer life. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can reach us at freerangeprayer at gmail.com. If you would like, you can make a positive review wherever you get your podcast. That would be appreciated. Welcome to today's episode of Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this beautiful day. We bless you, and we thank you for your mercies to us, for the glory that you've shown us, and most of all, for the salvation that you've granted us by your mercies and your grace. Heavenly Father, we're not sure why that you've brought us to a saving knowledge of you, but we do bow before you for our loved ones, all the people that we know that need you, and we pray that in your grace and in your mercy you would show them your salvation, and the power and the way to it as well. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that it is you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It starts with you from eternity past and will carry on through our eternal future for the glory of your name, for the showing of your goodness and your glory and the rest of your attributes you created and you redeemed. We bow before you today and just pray that you would be teaching us that our sins are fully forgiven We repent of them, we confess them, Lord Jesus, but we know that they are forgiven, and by your grace, you're moving us through them. Holy God, we confess the time that we have wasted, and pray that you would help us to redeem the times, from this point forward to redeem the times. I thank you as well that you have brought me through a bad week or so of illness, and that you've opened the door, Lord Jesus, so that we can talk about prayer again today. We commit our world to you. We commit this pandemic to you. We do not understand any more than any of your people have ever understood the days that they live in. But we do know that they glorify you. And when we look back, we will see your glory in them and through them. We just would pray that you would make this pandemic end. You can do that, Lord Jesus. You are the God of the impossible. And what seems impossible to us, we commit to you. We would pray for our nations that there would be a moving towards Christ, towards you, and salvation, and the truth of your word. And we commit this time to you, Lord Jesus, that we would hold you up, the Holy God of the universe, the Savior of everyone who believes. And we pray that you would be glorified and your people will learn to pray and be motivated, be moved to come to you, Lord Jesus. We walk by faith, we pray by faith, and we listen by faith. So teach us your word today, for in it we glorify you and seek only your will in everything. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood shed on our behalf to the glory and honor of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We commit all this according to the will and the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. My name is Fred, and I'm the host of the podcast. It is thrilling for me to have God's mercies to be able to do the podcast. It's exciting for my soul and increases my joy beyond measure. I can't tell you how much I enjoy coming 
each time we come to record and to talk about God's Word, and especially as we talk about prayer and the fact that prayer draws us close to Him. I ran across a quote today, actually, from Thomas Manton, and he said, The great work of prayer is to lift up the heart to God. So we're lifting up our hearts to God, and you may hear that on the next episode as well, that quote. With that joy that I've talked about and the truth that we just read from Thomas Manton, I really do appreciate you listening. And right now, we are currently working through in our main body of teaching the Lord's Prayer from Matthew 6. He started teaching on prayer here in the Sermon on the Mount, and he continues through the Lord's Prayer. And this is, as we have talked about before, the first formal teaching on prayer that we come across if we're reading through the Bible. Let's read, though, again. I did not record last week. I am sorry about that. I was under the weather some and, quite frankly, wasted some time, and I'm sorry about that. But the passage reads this way. Pray then this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We are taking our time to move through this passage because it's the first formal teaching that we come to in the Gospels on Prayer, and we're trying to get to the center meaning of each of the phrases. As we've gone through, I'm putting a pin in almost every verse or phrase, sometimes word, and trusting that the Holy Spirit will lead us back to that at the right time in His power. And we're walking by faith when I say that praying for the time to do that. So we're trusting in the Lord for the direction each time we sit down for an episode. And by the way, you may hear a little background noise. I'm not sure what's going on. There's a couple sounds that are new here, but we'll get through it either way. And right now we're in the midst of the very first phrase, and we're only going to scratch the surface of this phrase, but that's one of those things that prayerfully we'll have time to come back to. And the phrase is, Our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name. And we have talked about the holiness of God and what that means to glorify him, to worship him, and to treat him as holy. Another way of saying that is, honor be thy name. We're gonna, we are going to honor your name and honor him because of his holiness. Hallowing his name is bringing forth or speaking forth his holiness as we do when we worship. Hearkening back to the Puritan Thomas Manton, in his little treatise on the Lord's Prayer, he begins this way with this verse, Hallowed be thy name. And he says, beginning our prayer this way, it notes that our chiefest care and affection should be carried out to the glory of God when we pray. We should rather forget ourselves than forget God. God must be remembered in the first place. There is nothing more precious than God himself Therefore, nothing should be more dear to us than his glory. And that is a great summary of what we've been talking about in the Lord's Prayer and why we begin with hallowed be thy name. Now, we are human, and despite what Pastor Manton said, there are times that our need is so desperate 
that all we can think about when we come to prayer right off our our hearts and our minds and our souls in that moment is what we need or what we're worried about. But if in our lives we are cultivating that idea of hallowed be thy name, honoring God, then even in those most urgent prayers, you will find as you grow that they are going to reflect his name being lifted up. He's going to be held up as holy, even in our desperate cries. And in the end, when we say, thy will be done and not mine, we are again lifting up his holy name. Now, this is a podcast on prayer after all, so we're going to face, I wanted to go so many different directions with the holiness of God. But again, it's the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. So we're going to focus on the idea of honoring him in prayer. Now, that's not to say that some other things may seep in. We'll have to see about that. But our main focus is we begin our prayers with honoring his name, lifting his name up. And we want to look at how we truly honor the name of God in prayer. To do that, I thought it might it might be good to remind us that when Jesus was asked, what is the foremost command of all? He says this, and this is Matthew 22, 37 through 40 will go. And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. And I wanted to include all those four verses because as we honor the Father, as we honor our God, we honor him for who he is and he is loving and he cares about your neighbor and my neighbor. And as John will say later in the book of John, uh, 1 John, how can you say you love God if you don't love your brothers and sisters? So how we pray and who we pray for flow from his love for us and for the rest of his creation. We will talk more about later uh, love later, but our supplications, our worship, our gratitude and confession should all be done in the ether, if that's a good phrase for this, of God's love. And this command that we've just read contains the whole of what God has planned for us as a church and individually. We are bringing glory to our God, and part of that is showing his love to our neighbor. Again, I love David in First Chronicles. David says this, Ascribe to the Lord the glory do his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in holy array. Tremble before him all the earth. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. We are to ascribe to him the glory that is due. Our offering in the New Testament is ourselves, right? Romans 12, 1 and 2. And even as his children, we tremble before him. We've talked about this. We are coming into the throne room of the holy God of the universe. And we will tremble. I imagine we'll get used to that in heaven, being in his presence but we do tremble before him when we come, especially in the flesh, into the fullness of who he is and what he has done for our souls. In all of this, we are on a path to growth. Nobody who's born again jumps right into full faith and complete unification of our heart, mind, and soul in devotion to our Savior. 
We don't just start out that way. We grow into it. It is good, though, as we've talked about before, to look at the standard. And the standard is we glorify him and we hallow his name. We have the Holy Spirit to help us grow in John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. I've talked a lot in John 17, John 17, 3. This is eternal life, remember? That they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. But in John 17, 17, Jesus says, Sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth. So we have the Holy Spirit. We have the word of God. And in 1 Peter 2, verse 1, Peter says, Therefore, putting aside all malice and guile and hypocrisy and envy envy and slander, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. So we have the Holy Spirit to help us grow. We have the word to help us grow. We have our dedication to growing like newborn babes. And we desire that growth and we desire the Holy Spirit. We desire the milk of the word to help us to grow up. So as we grow and as we want to hallow God's name, to lift his name up, Romans 1 is, I think, the best place to start to see how we do that, especially in prayer. Romans 1, 16 and 17, and you've heard this before. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. Later in the chapter, Paul will say we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all under sin. We are indicted for falling short. But if we flip back to Romans 1, 18, we're going to read through 23, we get for us revealed how or what the first step in hallowing his name is. And Paul says this, the reason he's not ashamed of the gospel, as we have read, it is because it is for salvation. And then he goes on to say, we're all in trouble. We are born in trouble. So Romans 1.18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. They became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. And that passage is also comprehensive. That's why I wanted to read the whole thing. In our natural fallen state, we fail to honor God as God. And until we are born again, we have no capacity to truly do that. And again, until we are born again, we are thankless and selfish, self-centered. And we all exchange the glory of God 
mostly for our own corruptible form. Before we were saved, who was the center of the universe for us? We ourselves. Now, through other false worship, we may worship other corruptible creatures, but all false worship is self-centered and designed to earn our way to heaven if we're even thinking about that. To heaven or paradise or nirvana and all of the other man-made religions. In the flesh, our effort is to work towards those things. And of course, we know in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that doesn't work. No flesh is justified by works of the law, Paul says. But in that process of our self-centered man-made religion, we don't give God the glory due him. We think somehow we are going to earn favor from him. And in our natural fallen state, we are at enmity with God. That means we got a problem. And again, to hallow his name, we look in verse 25 of Romans 1, for they exchanged the, the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So the very first step in honoring God, in hallowing his name, is believing the truth about God, not exchanging it for a lie, but believing the truth about God. And that truth, how he reveals himself, is through his word. That's how we know his attributes specifically and his character specifically. He is the creator. He's the one to whom everyone should look. We've mentioned this before. At our redemption, we are called now to walk by faith. Hebrews 11.6, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. To honor God, to hallow his name, is first of all to acknowledge that he is, believe that he is, and then believe, actually, his promises, because they show him to be a rewarder of those who seek him. He has revealed to us in nature, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, his divine nature, they are clearly being understood through what has been made. So none of us are ever, we never have an excuse. And we know in our souls that nothing that we see comes from nothing. We know that. And if you look at a building or a house, it says in Hebrews, there's a builder to that house. There's a builder to that building. On the cover art for this week, you will see a glass bottle. It's an old bottle. My wife found it in one of the ghost towns, basically, in Idaho. Take a look at that bottle, and then imagine that I told you in all sincerity that I knew how that bottle was created. It was created by chance, a product of wind and lightning and sand. And to the extent that I was convinced of that, you would actually be looking for a special place to put me, to protect me from myself. So imagine my, actually delight, but surprise to begin with, and delight when I watched a show on the universe purporting to explain the universe from man's perspective. And on the very first show, because just really quickly, the model of the universe that they talk about doesn't make sense all by itself. So the narrator, the guy on camera, said, right after the Big Bang, mysterious forces, cosmic lightning, 
and luck created the universe, the planets, the stars, and all like that. That is an unbalanced thought. Nothing that we see created or made came from nothing. There's no reason to shrink back from what the Bible says, because all you're left with is mysterious forces, cosmic lightning, and luck. And that doesn't work as human beings. We truly can't live that way, most of us. There's a few of us who can. Hallowing his name, then, is praying in belief who he is, the creator. And if you think about it long enough, if he is not who he says he is through the word of God, trying to praise him or believe him for what he has done is just silliness. If he's not who he says he is, believing his promises are silliness. So the first most critical way we hallow the holy name of God is by listening and believing. And through this whole Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is pointing to our heart condition. And here we believe him, we hallow his name, believing, because it's true, that he's our creator, he's our savior, he's the judge of all mankind. It is nature, it is in his nature to be kind and merciful. And these are only revelations from the Word of God itself. Life by itself in the flesh doesn't teach us any of those things. Our job, however, is not to figure him out fully. That's not possible. But to, by faith, honor him as God and give him thanks. We don't come to him in perfection, except the perfection that he sees in us through Christ. We come to him in a process of maturity starting out as babes, and he knows and he understands our frame, and he listens to us. And in Mark, we've talked about this before, one of my favorite passages, when the man came for his son to the disciples and then to Jesus, and Jesus asked him, do you believe? Immediately, the boy's father cried out and began saying, I do believe, help thou my unbelief. Putting the thou in there is how I first read it. But if we had to come in perfection of faith, nobody's prayers would get answered. This father's cries would have gone unheeded because believing in the impossible is difficult and hard. And we can only do that by faith. So when we set our prayer, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, we are confessing our belief that he is in heaven and not us. And our dedication, the dedication of our prayer is to his glory, as, again, Manton says, it notes that our chiefest care and affection should be carried out to the glory of God when we pray. We should rather forget ourselves than to forget God. God must be remembered in the first place. There is nothing more precious than God himself, and therefore, nothing should be more dear to us than his glory. I have a sneaking suspicion, if you've been saved at all, that like me, you have prayed and asked God for some things. And when he answers and said no, says no or changes it a bit, we are greatly thankful because what we wanted would have turned out to be disastrous. And those selfish prayers that we pray that have more focus on us than on his glory are unworthy of him and truly, as we mature, unworthy of our prayer lives. And we will see as we go through this passage, especially with uh, Thomas Manton's help, 
we will see how each of the aspects of these, each of the phrases, hallow his name or make his name holy, lift up his name. And we will also see prayerfully how our lives can apply these phrases to the glory of God. He deserves the glory. And for me, nothing says it better than Job. At the end of Job, Job 42, after God talks to him and sets him straight on a few things, just as a quick reminder, I believe it's Job 37, no, Job 31, maybe 35. I'll have to look that up for you guys. But remember, we've talked about this, and you probably don't remember, because I think it was in passing. But Job says at one point at the end of his conversation with everybody, he says basically this, this is a Fred phrase, I'm going to walk into God, I'm going to wear my affliction like a badge of courage, and I'm going to walk into the presence of the Lord like a prince and demand an answer. And finally, God starts to answer him. At the end of God's answer, and you've heard this before as well, this is a lovely doxology. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do all things, and no purpose of thine can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear now, and I will speak. I will ask thee, and do thou instruct me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees thee. Therefore I retract and repent in dust and ashes. Heavenly Father, thank you for teaching us that our ultimate reason and motivation and result in prayer is thy glory. Ultimately, no matter why we come to you, in the end, we pray it to the glory of your holy and good name. Heavenly Father, we are so far from perfect. We are so even far from where our inner man wants us to be as we bow before you to hallow your name in our prayer. Yet, you understand our frame. You know our little faith. You know the limitations of our flesh. But Heavenly Father, we do set before us the target, our ambition, to hallow your name in everything we do and say and think, and especially our prayers. Help us, Heavenly Father, to grow into the stature of a, of a mature man in Christ. Thank you again, Heavenly Father, for your word and your teaching to us. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you for listening. Don't discount this benchmark of our prayer. No matter how far you fall short of it, you can confess it, and you can tell the Lord, Lord Jesus, this is my goal. I want to hallow you in every prayer. Teach me, help me, Holy Spirit, to get there and accept my prayers. I pray, I ask, even as I pray them weekly. And that's W-E-A-K-L-E-Y, not once a week. You know the word of God, though. You know the goal is to honor him as God. Let that be your aspiration. Let that be your goal in your prayers. And think through things. Does this glorify you, Lord? That was probably a little too much at the end. That's okay. The Lord knows what he's doing, even in my weakness. Once again, thank you for listening. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you.
and to make his face to shine upon you and to give you the supernatural peace that comes from God, the God we glorify. Thank you once again for listening to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. We have been reminded over the last several weeks how important community is. Community is how you young people say it these days. In Fred's day, they called it fellowship. Fred and I would like to extend once again the invitation to expand our prayer community. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or would just like to dialogue over prayer, please remember, you can contact the podcast at freerangepreacher at gmail.com. Facebook, Free Range Preacher Ministries. Instagram, Free Range Ministries. Twitter, at Preacher Range. And for any voiceover needs, I'm at richarddurrington.com or email me at durringtonr at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. We're eager to hear from you. For Fred and myself, be blessed.